Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Senin Podcast. Today I'm joined by the amazing Kanala. He's a social activist, a musician, and also a content creator who has done a lot of amazing stuff here in China. And his works have gone beyond the borders of China. Mr. Kanala, you're welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, JP. Thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure to be a part of this podcast and, you know, like, just... um share to the world what we do and, you know, like get to be a part of this wonderful family, bro. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Okay. Um, so Mr. Canella, for someone who, who hasn't heard of you or does not know you so deep, um, yeah. who is Canella? Briefly introduce yourself. All right. So Canella is someone who's, um, is someone who's just has Africa as at heart and someone who is, um, preaching Africa through music and through like content, you know, like, and uh, the love for Mama Africa is so deep that uh, I always want to put it first before anything else. And also I'm a musician firstly, that's my first love. And um, I'm into Afrobeat, Afropop, in fact, all the Afrogenas. I sing, I rap, I'm a songwriter and a, and a producer and also do contents, you know, like an activist for Africa also for, especially for people in the diaspora, uh, more importantly, China. Okay, um, I'll start with the, your music career, because to be honest, that's how I got to know you. And, <laughs> and, on a, and on a personal level, it's what I get so much attached when it comes to you. Yeah, um, yeah. So tell me, um, how did you start? Or a brief, in, a brief intro on your musical journey. Okay, well, the musical journey started way back since childhood, you know. It started way back since childhood. Actually, what happened was, um, you know, my, my dad had this little band. They used to make these African drums, you know, and they used to perform with a group, you know, at events and functions. So growing up as a kid, you know, like music has been a part of the family for generations, you know. And um, I remember as a kid, I used to have this childhood mate, childhood friend. We used to like write our own songs and go out to perform and go for auditions and stuff like that. But the, the dream, you know, died out a little bit because, you know, you, when you're growing up, you have a lot of other things going on that you need to catch up with. And then eventually I had to move to China. And this was where the, the, the fire ignited back once again. And it's been like all ups since then. It's been all ups since then, since 2012 in China. We've just been putting the pieces together and it's been momentum after momentum, you know. Yeah, and, you know, we've been growing along, along the way the process and we've been getting better and better and people are getting to know the brand, the name, the focus, the type of music and people are just enjoying and the vibes and the response so far has really been very positive. Yeah, very positive. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, as I earlier alluded to, uh, one, I think your album, Make It Anyway, is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And I think my favorite song there is Keep on believing. There's just another one about money. Yeah. And I don't know. There are like three or four songs that I like so much. Yeah. Nice, 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 so nice. I want to know, when you're writing that album, what was the message there? Because each song has a core message. What was the message in there? Well, you know, like, um, if, you've, if you are in China, you know that um, most foreigners in China don't have it that easy, you know. So basically, like, um, for me, this is what I think about music. Music is 
is is is something that speaks to you you know like and as a musician you are like a prophet sometimes you have to enter into another dimension and tap some inspiration and then bring it down here to serve the people it's like a chef in the kitchen who has to put in these different ingredients to get prepare a good meal and then bring it out to the to the lunch table and serve for everyone to have a taste you know that is just how a musician is like you're like a prophet you tap from a dimension and you bring it and you serve the people so like when things get tough you know the situation speaks to you you know and you wouldn't just want to take it lightly so you pay attention and you tune in to what's going on around you that way you can like take advantage of the situation and write a song that people are going to be relating to you know it's all about the relatability if people can relate with what's going on then it's easier to sell the message you know so things have been tough especially during the covid times you know like people have been going through a lot most people lost their jobs you know like the system was very cruel to a lot of people so basically make it anyway is just a message to people in the diaspora that no matter what you're going through we're going to make it anyway you know like even when we are in hell we can still make it anyway no matter how tough times are we will still make it anyway so it gives us a, some form of courage that no matter how tough things are it's going to be better because we don't give up you know so make it anyway that was how come the song just like it was just like just like that the song just came you know like inspirationally yeah so the songwriting process has just been like that you know it's just been like that just tap into the the dimension listen to what's going on around you and then you just capitalize on it and then everything else flows naturally you know everything else flows naturally okay i've seen that also in that album you have chinese songs how do you navigate that seems you have a wide chinese audience oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah most of my fan base here in, here in in china actually are chinese a lot of chinese support my content a lot most of them support my content so um i think you know like music has no barriers it has no languages but being able to speak a couple of languages also helps a lot because you can you can have an advantage and you can inculcate a little bit of that into your music you know which gives you a wider range of audience you know and people who can enjoy what you do you know so it has been a an amazing journey so far and most of them enjoy what i do and the love is just amazing you know it's just been amazing it's just been amazing sometimes i don't give them freestyles you know like just for the chinese fans to also enjoy because most of them don't understand the english so when i do something for them also in chinese they get to feel a part of the process you know and that brings me so much joy when what we do is being understood even by different people who are not english speaking uh, people you know it makes a lot of sense yeah okay uh one of your videos um i mean one of your songs has a video which i saw yeah. okay so it's some time back and and whenever you you're in um some of your videos in your content on your channel you're in your yeah. studio yeah you know you have this studio equipment and all that so i want to ask is it easy for someone to break through and have all that you know the the time and resources to set up a studio to make a video distribution on all these things because i realize among the musicians here um from africa 
Yeah, the one yeah. who is on net is QQ, you know. <laughs> your yeah. content is there, but so I want to ask, is it easy for someone to break through here in China in the music industry? Well, the the, the question is breaking through is not the problem. You know, the the main I, I think the main thing to focus on is how 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 big do you want to go? And it doesn't matter how big you want to go, but how ready are you to take on the challenges, you know? Because you don't need to, you can release a song which is really good, but you need to push in different ways too, you know? Like you need to be persistent. You need to be constant, like consistency. You need to work hard, you know? You know, sometimes, you know, you get encouraged, you get discouraged by people, you get encouraged by few, but it's the desire not to give up so soon. It's to keep pushing on, you know? Because everybody wants to have a taste of success, but not everyone is ready to put in the work and the effort. Not everyone is ready to unlearn what they think they know and learn something new, you know, and push themselves and work with other people and accept criticisms as they come so they can improve themselves, you know. So it goes beyond that. Everyone can make it, but not everyone is ready to put in the work, the effort, the consistency, the hard work to learn new skills, to be criticized here and there, you know. That's what separates like those who really make it from those who only wish and don't put in the hard work. Okay. Um, my last question when it comes to your music career is: All right. Um, what are your future plans? If in case you want to share with us when it comes to your music. Well, that's a tough question. <laughs> that's <laughs> a tough question, but this is what I can say so far. Um. The plans that I have in music goes beyond the borders of China and the borders of Africa. I want to take music globally. You know, I want the brand and the name Kanala to be as popular, even as more popular than Coca-Cola. You know, <laughs> I believe I believe so strongly in the brand, and I know that we are heading in the right direction. But there's still a lot to be done. You know, there's still a lot to be done. There are places that we need to go and not just going places just to just to fulfill my personal satisfaction. But I think there's a message that I'm carrying which the whole world needs to hear, you know, and which I know I know that I need to move out of this this box to spread the word, you know, and to bring everyone under one umbrella. You know, so the dream is so big that actually what you guys are seeing is just the beginning. You know, we're just breaking the ice and the real job is has just begun. You know, like we need to go global and we're going global with it. The brand is gonna to have to go global. So the dream is so big that we need to put in extra, extra, extra hard work. And it's trust me, um I'd say within the next two to three years, we're gonna be seeing more of Kanala on the international scene and we're just starting. Well, I'll be so happy if yeah, one day I'm, me. <laughs> I'm in Uganda and I'm listening to your song on the radio. Yeah, it's possible. It's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I believe so. It's gonna happen. It's gonna okay. happen. Yeah. Um, another part of your of your work is social activism. Mm -hmm. You're very vocal when it comes to issues that affect people here in the diaspora, and. Of all the videos that you've done on 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 social activism, there's always one that <laughs> will always stick to my head. 
it is the video of when you found a homeless person on the streets of Beijing. Yeah. And you yeah. and you made you spoke about it. And it's very rare for someone to do such, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. not only the heart, but also the initiative to say something about that. And also your works about racism here in China. Yeah. Level of yeah. hypocrisy when it comes to treating people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to ask, what motivated you to have this urge <clears throat> to speak out? Because very few if you want to speak out, but they can't speak out. Okay, well, well, this is a very tough question. And uh, it is tough in a way and easy in a way. But what I can say is, um, I think when I first came to China, um, there were people who came before me and who I'll call our predecessors, you know. And most of them told us not to get involved in such issues. And I realized most Africans who came to China have also followed the same trend and the same pieces of advice that we heard from those who came before us. But you realize that um, this, the current state of um, the current state that we are all in as Africans is because we because those who came before us didn't educate most of the people, especially here, you know. And if we don't also take the time as Africans, to educate people about who we are. Many are going to come after us, and they will come and go through worse than we are going through. You get my point? So I'm saying that it's better that we start now. And if I'm going to wait for someone else to start, then it might take a long time. So why don't I start? There are definitely a lot of people out there who, have, who are willing, but they also don't know where to start from. So let's say I'll start and others will join. People are going to join by sharing. People are going to join by liking. People are going to join by commenting, you know, and we are all doing the same work, you know. So I know there are other people, there are a lot of us who really want to like express ourselves, but some are shy. Some are also limited by the language, you know. Some also can speak, but they're just afraid what they're going to say might hurt one or two people. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from this angle. I'm like, I don't care what happens, but let me just speak the truth. Let me try educating people about Africa because I'm an African. If I don't educate people about Africa, the wrong people are going to be telling people about Africa and it will affect me and my people or those that I represent. You get my point? So we need to start from somewhere. We can't always sit down and wait for someone else to start. It could be from us, you know? And we need to propagate that image we want people to know the positive side of africa but we are not ready to say this the story of africa you know we're always uh, waiting on for other people to to tell our narrative whilst we are the very people who can who are the right ambassadors to tell our narrative or our part of the story you know so that was what gave me the urge i'm like these things have kept them in me for a long time because i listened to those who came before me and we've left it there untalked about, untouched. And it's about that time we need to start speaking out so people can understand Africans better, you know? Because a huge damage has been done. I'll give you an example. Now, most people in China, I'll tell you this, um, China opened up and um, since they also, they also want to catch up with the world very fast, 
right? So this is a personal theory. Every discovery that the West made about Africa, most countries that opened up didn't have time to go and make their own discoveries about Africa and get to know Africa from their own perspective. So basically, whatever discovery or whatever conclusions that the West drew about Africa, everyone just accepted it and translated it into their languages and they moved on. You get what I'm trying to say? So now, as that happened, like no one didn't take the time to get to know Africa from the scratch, from the ground up. So if the West says Africans are poor, everyone translates that Africa is poor. But not from their perspective, but just that this is what the West has written about Africa. So let's just translate it. Let's move on. We have to catch up with the world. But I think as Africans, we are the right people to tell the true story of Africa if we want to be respected in a society like this. So that's why I took it up upon myself to start speaking more about Africa, start telling more about Africa, and start letting people know more about Africa through me, who is an African. That was how come all this thing started. It started with just one video, and then people just loved the message. They spread it out, and then it went viral, and then everyone else you know, started like creating these awareness about Africa. And gradually, there are a lot of people who really want to know more about Africa than ever. There are people who've gotten to know a lot, who've been educated through my channel, which I'm very grateful to. You know, so that's how everything else starts. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are a lot more people who are going to be following the same line of um, approach. That way we can educate a lot more people about Africa and what Africa is all about. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to ask... Um... You know, some of the issues you 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 highlight are very sensitive issues. Very, very sensitive. And very sensitive. And China being China, have you received mm -hmm. any backlash from your, well, your work? Well, this is what I'll say, okay? Mm, this is what I'll say. Uh, as a human being or as a content creator or as an activist, this is something that I know for a fact. Anytime you put your stuff out there, the fact that you're making it public, you should know that people are going to come at you from different angles. People are going to have mixed feelings and reactions. They are going to be entitled to their opinions, but that should not affect you. Because the moment you decide to do things that are going to be out there, you should also accept that it's part of the occupational hazard. You get what I'm trying to say, right? If, 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 if I never put anything out there, I wouldn't expect anyone to see what I'm doing and, um, express their personal concerns or opinions or judgments, right? But the moment I decide to do stuff that is going to be pissing off some people that not everyone is going to like, I'm always prepared to know that there are people who are going to come at me and all that. There are a lot. There are a lot of people. There are people who come and insult you. Uh, I don't think what you're doing. We already know you guys are poor, blah, blah, blah. But that shouldn't stop me from what I'm doing because I know people like that are definitely going to come. It's how I'm going to handle them. So I'm not really worried about them because I know there are tons of people who support and love what I do, you know? And that's the motivation that keeps me going. So definitely, there have been a lot of people like messaging me, insulting me, threatening me and all that stuff. But I know, you know, this is the digital age internet. Everyone can grab their phone with bundle and say whatever that they want to say, you know? And you shouldn't let those things get to you, you know? Because you are looking at the bigger picture, you know? You know what you're doing. You're, you're, you're serving like 
in doing something service to Mama Africa. You are pushing an agenda which people in their right state of mind should understand. So I'm not really bothered about that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, what has been your greatest highlight in your social activism work? Well, uh, I received an award, I think, uh, in, 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 uh, in July. I received an award in July. I traveled um, a couple of months ago to Guangzhou and I was really surprised, you know, like I was really surprised. I was walking out there and many people were like, I know this guy. I saw his video. Oh, good. Are you the guy whose video we saw online? Your video went viral. And I was so happy, you know, because for me, I just thought I was just doing something that I felt like doing. But at the end of the day, I saw many people could recognize me out there, you know, and they could tell, you know, like everyone wanted to associate with the brand and the, and the efforts that we were doing, you know, everyone wanted to show some love in different ways, you know, and I was so surprised, you know, I was like, I was really touched actually that people could tell who you are and see you from a distance and want to be a part of your life and want to come closer and shake hands with you and congratulate you, you know, like it felt so good. Felt so good, and I was awarded with the outstanding achievement in music uh, two months ago in Guangzhou, which was like an amazing event for me. It was an amazing time. Like, like I think it's a stepping stone to greatness, you know. With all the dignitaries around, like everyone was really proud of me, and they wished me well that I could like take music and these contents and this activism to another new level, which I'm really grateful for. Which I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Um, so about uh, your content creation, mm-hmm. um, I've seen that you also have these nice kits where you do with uh, fellow Chinese. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you. I think you're you're among the only content creators that does those trans. You know. <laughs> You yeah. try to create a bridge between a Chinese content creator and a local content creator. Oh, yeah. And an African oh, yeah. and create something nice. Yeah. So how do you do it? Okay, well, you know, like um when you're doing the right thing, you know, like it attracts a lot of other people who also have the same interests, you know. So when that happens, it's you can't do everything all by yourself. You know, you need to collaborate with other people. You need to work together, you know, you need to open up your arms and you know, like that way, you know, there's this saying that more hands, less work, you know, and you can also like together we can go far, you know, like when you are alone, you can go faster, but together you can go far. So it's the best way to like let people know that Africans and Chinese can work hand in hand, you know, we can work together in peace, you know, like, and there are a lot of things we can achieve when we work together. So it makes the job pretty easier when you have other people also coming along to support and help. And it sends out a positive message to the world. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. You know, it feels good, especially when you're working with other people. It feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah. It feels really good. Um, okay. Um, so one of my last questions to you would be, what would be your message to the youth in Africa and in the world of U.S. Canal. All right. So um, my message to the youth in Africa and to the world, we're just starting, and Africa has an advantage. Therefore, for the youth in Africa, we need to 
seize this opportunity. The world has moved on, and we also need to. We 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 we. But it's like this is what I say. We are so unique, you know. Like Africa is a very unique place where you have all these talents in there, you know. The most important thing we can do now is to unite and work together. That's my message. Let's unite and work together. Let's unite and work together. If Africa is united and working together, I'm telling you, we would be miles and miles and miles advanced and ahead. Let's unite and work together. That's all. That's okay. all. And you know, you know, you're you're spoken a lot about um Africa and your love for Africa. Now I just want to ask, what makes Canal a proud African? What sparks that African in you? Now you know, um, in the past, I've I've been made to feel inferior as a black man before. I've been made to feel like my hair is not as good enough. My skin is too dark to fit in. But you know what? With time, I started realizing that everyone else around me is trying to be like me. But indirectly, they're telling me I'm not good enough, but they're all trying to be like me. They're learning my culture. They're learning how to dance like me. They're paying for, to have their hair done just like me. They're trying to dress like me. They're enjoying my culture. But at the same time, I'm feeling like I'm not good enough. So I'm like, well, if that's how it's going to be then, if I'm not proud of who I am, no one else is going to be proud of who I am. You get my point? So that was the that was a turn off point for me. I was like, these people are trying to be like me. They're trying to look like me. They're trying to talk like me. They're learning my culture. But they're the same people making me feel like I'm inferior, like I don't belong in here. But they're trying to look like me. But I'm the original version of myself. So now I need to start telling them that I'm proud of who I am. And I'll never trade that for anything. And the moment I start being very proud of who I am, everything else falls in place. Everything else makes sense. Because every other race is loving themselves. But if you look at it, it's like we are the only race who hates ourselves. And we are embracing every other culture except, except for ours. So until we start loving ourselves, you, know, the, you get to a point where you start, where you have so much love for yourself that you don't really care what other people think about you. That's when people start to treat you with respect. And that's exactly how I feel now. I'm not shy anymore to go out there and tell people that I'm from Africa. They even ask me, where are you from? I don't even want to tell people I'm from Ghana. I want them to address me as an African. Because for me, I think if I'm telling people I'm from Ghana, I'm just trying to create a divide. I'm like, okay, I'm from the, the Ghanaian part of Africa. No, I want people to know that I'm from Africa. This is who I am. I'm an African and I love it. And I tell people I'm the proudest African on the planet. Hands down. You can't take that away from me. People look at you and they say you're too dark. You tell them, I want to be even darker than this because you have no idea how much I'm in love with melanin. You know? So the moment we start realizing this, that we are actually like the original, you, are, you love your originality, you wouldn't allow anything to dilute it, you know? And you would love yourself for yourself, for being who you are. You wouldn't want to, like, no one is going to have to bring certain standard or criteria to define who you are. So I'm so proud to be African. In the next life, I'll love to come back again as an African. No doubt about that. And I, I really hope and I wish that through my contents, 
and through my message and through my music, people will get to see and they'll get to understand how good it is and how, how great it feels to be an African. Wow, amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, so my very last question to you, Mr. Canela, is Africa has a lot of challenges, you know, a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. As you who has traveled and you have this strong Pan-African spirit, what do you think Africa needs to take us, we as Africans, and our countries of origin to that next level? What do you think we need? I think we should drop religion and embrace our African and go back to our roots. Okay. I think Africa should just drop religion and go back to our roots. Because religion is a main problem in Africa. People depend more on religion than on technology, on advancements, on hard work. We should go back to our roots, embrace the things that define us. Because we've been made, we've been made to believe that everything from outside is good, but whatever that is our own is bad and evil, which is not the case. And I think if Africa should really like take her rightful spot, we should put religion aside and go back to our African ways and embrace back to our roots. That's all I'm saying. Africa should go back to its roots and understand that no one else is coming to save us. We are the only people who can redeem ourselves. That's it. And we need to work hard. Africa needs to rise up and work hard. We don't need to create anything new. It doesn't matter if we can copy what other people have done that have worked or succeeded. There's a lot to be done. But we need to believe in ourselves. Because trust me, first thing is, if African leaders who are elected into office can swear, not by the Bible or by the Quran, but swear by the gods and the traditions that we have, I'm telling you, bribery, corruption, and all these practices will, will be cut down because you know these African gods are very powerful. And if you, if you, if you swear by them and you don't go by them, it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up with you and it's going to deal with you. You understand what I'm trying to say? This is the reality. Yeah, I get. So, so basically what I'm trying to say is let's drop religion. Let's go back to our roots. And you see a big change in Africa. It's as simple as that. But do you think we can drop religion because it's so entrenched in our societies? It depends on how ready we are to develop. If we are really ready to develop, we will do what it takes to develop. Unless we are not ready. If we are really ready to develop, everything will be in its place. If we are not ready to develop, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change. Okay. Mr. Kanala, it has been a privilege and honor to pass by our podcast. Thank really. you so much, bro. I really appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for honoring our invitation. Really appreciate you. Anytime, 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 bro.